Pink Grandeur in YYFM. You're listening to YYFM. It's time for Tears Around the Teapot. Just for you. Great Aunt Molly, written and read by Joan Warburton. I've lived in this quirky, three-floored, ten-bedroomed house my entire life. It belonged to my great-great-aunt Molly and her parents and grandparents before that, so you could say it's old. My parents inherited it over 50 years ago, after Aunt Molly suddenly left. No one ever saw her again, even though people looked for her. Creepy and charming describes it to a T, though some of my friends when I was in school wouldn't pass over the doorstep. So, okay, we got a couple of ghosts. Well, they are friendly ones. Most of the time, I tell them, not that I have seen any. Now, a dirty, blonde-haired, green-eyed, slim, 30-year-old, and still a spinster, much to my parents' horror, I want to modernise the second floor where my rooms are. I have a study room where I write, being an accomplished author and the wall coverings have not been changed since my dad used it as his office until he moved downstairs. But for the last five years, it has been in my sole possession. I've been told in no uncertain terms that it has to be kept in keeping with the house. That leaves me with such a lot of scope. Not really. The room isn't that large, so I think it won't take long to decorate. Mr Knowles is coming tomorrow to start. I'd best get the room ready. It's quite a hard job humping heavy furniture. I rest my aching back on a wall that looks like it hasn't seen daylight for donkey's years. The wood is still like new, except for a pile of gruesome cobwebs in the corner where the bookcase had stood. One minute I'm leaning on the wall, the next I'm flying backward to land with a painful bump in complete darkness on a cold cobblestone floor. Dazed, I take a minute before I feel around me. There's stone and dirt underneath me. I catch hold of something. It feels disgusting and I drop it. Somehow, I scramble to my feet to find walls that seem to be a narrow passageway. Slithers of light shine ahead as I slowly make my way forward. A stench of musty decay reaches my nostrils and I hold my nose. It gets worse the further I go and I feel rough stonework overhead that grazes my head. I have to crouch down 
the putrid dirt is so sickening, I retch, and my stomach empties my breakfast all over me. I think maybe I should turn around and go back, but find I can't. There's no room. The walls are so narrow. Suddenly I see a patch of light and make my way towards it. I trip and land in something thick and squelchy. The smell makes me wrench again. I scramble on my hands and knees to crawl onwards. Light shines on a patch of floor. And looking up, there is a hole. I can smell fresh air and sigh in relief. There's enough light to see my surroundings now. And I scream in horror as a black string-herd skull leers at me. Shreds of clothing too rotted to be recognisable hang on a skeleton body. A pair of once leather sandals still hooked between rat-bitten toes. With what strength and wit I have left, I turn to run back like the devil is chasing me, carefree of the bumps and grazes on my body. Eventually, I find myself back in my study. The narrow rectangle opening revealed spider-encrusted cobwebs. Yelling my head off, my father rushes in to see what is the matter and stands amazed at a dirty, blood-covered maniac screaming at the top of her voice. I, I, I think I may have found Aunt Molly, I cry, before collapsing onto the floor. Mam's Chair Written and read by Joan Watson. Growing up, I lived with my family in a semi-detached council house. It had a small kitchen and two rooms downstairs. One was used as a living room, with a flight of stairs and the front door separated it from the front room, which was where we'd watch TV or use it if we had visitors. In the living room we ate, played and did our homework on a polished wood table in front of the window. A tile fireplace with an open coal fire that had a back boiler heated our water and kept us warm. It had a big fender around it to keep the corks from falling onto the rug. Polished linoleum covered the floor, but there was a large carpet in the centre. By the fireplace, Mum had her chair. It was a huge wooden rocker with wooden arms and soft padded cushions. Mum embroidered linen square covers that lay on the back of the chair and arms to keep them clean. Dad has his chair on the other side. We children sat on the settee against the wall. Mum loved to sit in her chair whilst reading or embroidering. As babies, we were nursed and rocked asleep in that chair. When she was busy or out, it made exciting games for us. Cars, when we all squashed on it and pretended to be racing as we rocked back and forth, trying hard not to fall off. 
Many times we'd slide onto the floor and bruise our toes under the wooden rocker. It never stopped us from doing it again, though. And being the oldest, I would get a clip off Mum and be told, It's no good coming crying to me if you've hurt yourselves. One day, after a hectic morning for Mum, with shopping and all the washing and housework, when we got in from school and had had our tea, she settled in her chair whilst we played quietly with our toys on the carpet. Only a few minutes later, we heard Mum gently snoring. She was fast asleep. Feeling mischievous, we decided to rock Mum's chair to the noise of her snores. But soon we began to rock harder and giggled as Mum's legs was swing up in the air as the chair went backward. The padded cushions and being fast asleep didn't disturb Mum. Next, David and I gave it a hard push, not realising that every time we pushed the chair, it banged against the wall and slid forward. The chair went further back on the wall all the time. How we laughed as Mum's legs lifted in the air. Then, without warning, in mid-flight, the back of the chair slowly slid down the wall and landed with a thump on the floor. Mum woke up screeching. All we could see was Mum's legs in the air, showing her stocking tops and underwear. We burst out laughing at the sight. But what made things worse for us was Dad came in from work to see Mum, bum in the air, legs flying, screaming, and us kids stood laughing. It took Dad quite a feat getting Mum upright, her being rather large and he slight. She was livid, but unhurt, except for her dignity. Dad sent us upstairs to bed, which we didn't mind. We squashed into one bed and stifled our laughter as best we could. Dad made Mum a cup of tea and got her settled before he came upstairs and told us off. Goodness knows what could have happened, he said. We promised not to do it again. Mum gave us a good telling off in the morning too. Needless to say, we never could look at Mum in a chair without wanting to laugh. We still played in a chair, but never when she was in it. Diolch am rando i YYFM am fwy o gynnwys fel hyn i ddilyn i ar-lein ac i ar-lein i wybod beth offech chi gwywed nesaf ewch chi it's yyfm.com Thanks for listening to YYFM. For more content like this, to follow us online and to tell us what you want to hear more of, visit itsyyfm.com.